Hello and welcome to Business Line Podcasts and yet another episode of People at Work where we explore all that is trending at the workplace. This time round the spotlight is on returning leaders. Everyone's attention was caught when Hardik Pandya was recently rehired by Mumbai Indians. We also saw the drama around Sam Altman. 12 days after OpenAI announced it had fired him, they hired him back. Kamal Karan, co-founder Exfino, who hosts People at Work, discusses the merits of rehiring talent as well as paying huge sums to retain a departing leader. With our guest Raghavendra Vaidya, MD and CEO of Daimler Truck Innovation Center India. Over to them. Hi Vaidya and thanks for taking your time to be with us today and uh, this is our monthly podcast we do in Hindu business line we call it uh, people at work and this is a forum where we choose the something which is currently trending and well on the experiences of leaders like you welcome again thank you thank you kamal happy to be here so raghavendra you know we were dwelling on some of the recent happenings around people getting rehired hardik pandya was one case where we said you know what's happening and i know you're a cricket fan i am and followed that closely and of course everything that went around uh, open ai and uh, people got retained and from your experience wanted to understand uh, have you rehired or retained senior leaders in your career and if so what has been your criteria to do so and a fun question have you been retained ever before <laughs> okay i will i will park the second part for the question for later uh, uh yes i have rehired uh, talent leaders people who used to work for my team and then you know they left for variety of reasons and i have rehired and i think it's it's the same thing it's not any different when we hire leadership it's about the fitment to the role it's about is the role right for the person is the person right for the role and one additional thing when we rehire is we have a little bit more information right from the previous experience we know about the person a little bit more which can work for and against the person because you know if the gap between losing the person and rehiring is a couple of years a lot happens to leaders in a couple of years right and that we can only speculate what happens or find out through interviews and referrals but we kind of know the person right and when when i rehire the person it's about what role i'm hiring for and is the person the right one to to fit into that role and sometimes we also need to bring back the context the tribal knowledge the person left the team with and that could be an added bonus and um, and, and all of the, these things have uh, played their role in when we rehire people according to me the the complications of rehiring people are if they come back with to the same same team at a higher level yes there are people dynamics we need to take care of and i think the process of that rehiring is more about explaining the change in context and why we have contacted them for that position and having a very open dialogue on do you really want to come back this is the context this is why we are talking to you do you really want to come back if you don't it's perfectly fine it's great because both of us have more information uh, i think the process has to be absolutely clear and and open which i think could not be the case when we are hiring from open market unknown people I, it is it is never the same right i think that way rehiring has its ups uh, in terms of advantages and it also has its disadvantages but i think if done well rehiring can really really accelerate two things one is the person will might hit the ground running if we do it right 
And the second is that, you know, organization accepts the person in a much better way. And it's about what we know and uh, less about what we don't know. But it can also boomerang where the organization certainly does not accept the person or the person feels like, oh, my God, why did I come back? Personally, for me, it hasn't happened. My rehiring has been very successful, but it's it's absolutely based on mutual trust, open dialogue during the hiring process, and understanding the fitment of the person and the role. Done right, it could be a great accelerator for leadership hiring and assimilating them into the organization. Coming to your other question, uh, was I rehired? Uh, no. Was I retained? Um, I would say yes. But that was also a very open dialogue on, you know, why I wanted to leave and what could make me reconsider. But it was not in the same role. It was a different role, which didn't exist when when I was thinking about, you know, what should I do with my career and so on. It has happened. Details not important can't be shared, but it has happened. Back to the question, have I retained somebody who already decided to quit? The answer is no, because I think it's a little too late right? To retain somebody in the same role or a similar role, because I think the damage is already done. Uh, More often than not, my experience has been to have an open dialogue on why is the person leaving? What can we learn from why they're leaving and how can we change that? And also be respectful to the person that, you know, at this level, at leadership level, people leave for different reasons. And the reasons are are, are really valid. They would think through. Uh, it's not like, you know, a Java developer is, is going from Infosys to TCS. Got that right there. Got that. And, you know, I'm writing a column this week on the return of the prodigals. And uh, one of the things that I, lines of mine is that I've facilitated so many rehiring and, uh, you know, retainings, you know, which is in, on my own personal watch. I've never seen a CEO or uh, HR, you know, opening a champagne bottle because they retained somebody. You know, it's always sweat and blood, desperation, feeling betrayed and things like that. But somehow in the rush that we went through in 21, 22, when the peak was there, many of us did retain people, but nobody celebrated, right? So it's, I think retaining is a very stressful exercise is what I figured out. I'm glad for you that you don't believe in that or if not trying to do that. Right. I'm just crossing over right there to, uh, you know, my next question in terms of, you know, for retaining or retained employees, the consideration seems to be more on money and better power. You know, it could be bonuses, stocks, titles, larger roles. How should organizations communicate these moments? Because, you know, everybody is watching. People know somebody got retained. And as you know, many of these decisions don't get communicated. And employees at the bottom of the pyramid, if for a want of a better term, if I had to use that, have to make assumptions about money and titles. Yeah, this guy must have got paid more, you know. How yeah. can employers do better in terms of, uh, you know, communicating, especially when they retain or rehire leaders? Yeah, I think uh, the biggest uh, challenge in communication is to the peer group of the person who's retained or rehired because that's where the material impact is felt, right? And uh, I know, I mean, we try to keep this under the wraps. We... We don't discuss that somebody has left and is retained, but I don't think it, it remains a secret. I think there are the communication channels are very, very active in these cases and people get to know. I think it is extremely important to communicate it to the peer group of the leader or the person who's retained in a very open way. Like, why did we retain and what did we do? Don't go into the details of what percentage bonus was given and how much hike was given, blah, blah, blah. But I think we have to be very honest with the peer group. But I think the danger of retaining is that you're setting a precedence. 
Okay. And unless and until it's like really, really, there is no way around this. Uh, I don't, I don't think the organizations should do this, right? Because you will create an unrest in the team, which over a longer period of time will only come back and bite you. And if you set this as a precedent, then you're opening up other other areas where it will become a precedent, and you have to do it again and again. Uh, but I think uh, uh, communicating to the rest of the organizations, I think we should rely on face-to-face spoken communication where people explain. Uh, and at some level, it has to be, you know, explained only when the question is asked. But the peer group communication has to be, in my mind, it has to be preempted and not wait for people to ask questions. But as you go deeper in the organization, you really have to uh, explain it as and when required. But I also think that, I know 2020 and 2021 were special years, but the organization needs to have a clear strategy. Do we bend over backwards to retain people? Is our organization built on the back of certain people being in certain roles and we don't have succession planning, we don't have a way to deal with this? Or we say, okay, we do everything we can to create an environment where people do not leave But when they leave, we let them go. I think this has to be the overall strategy of the company. And I would say nine out of 10 times, you've got to stick to it, right? There is always disruption. Doesn't matter who leaves, what level, which person, there's always disruption, but the companies have to really, really understand how to deal with it. And you need to have a, a strategy, which is part of your culture. Right. I mean, there is nothing right or wrong, by the way. You could have a culture where you say, I'm going to, no matter what happens, these 10 roles and these 10 people, I'm going to bend over backwards to retain. There's nothing right or wrong. It needs to be consistent so that people know what to expect and how to behave. Right. And if it is consistent, people will get used to it. They don't like it, they will leave. But it cannot be inconsistent and it cannot be based on personal preferences. It, it is part of the culture. And I've seen companies which follow this very diligently, very consistently. And over a longer period of time, they've been very successful. Thank you. I'm going to double click on especially the retaining part. You know, Many organizations retain some of the critical talent due to the fear of losing to competition rather than their future utility to themselves. You know, sometimes it could be pure optics of retention. So, you know, just uh, around that, what would be your take? You know, I don't buy this concept at all. In today's world, the technology is so pervasive and the products between competing companies are becoming so similar you cannot really go out of your way, totally out of your way to keep somebody from joining the competition. If somebody decides to buy talent, they can and they will, right? Uh, I, I don't buy into this concept at all. Yes, you should do everything you can to prevent people from going to competition. But I think the damage is also very short-lived, right? There are antitrust laws and, you know, there are calling periods. We've seen big, you know, CTOs leaving one organization in the valley and spending six months and joining their straight up competitor and no company is like non-existent because of that right i think i don't i don't buy this at all in the short term it could and today if you see there are sectors 
in engineering where this is becoming a big topic. For example, you take the whole zero emission vehicle. Uh, nobody understands fully how to create battery electric vehicles, especially around the software, because there is no branch of engineering which is teaching this and how to create, let's say, a next generation architecture for electric vehicles. Nobody is teaching it in the colleges. So people have learned this over the years and you really, really do not want to lose that. And here we see the fear of losing to competitors is very high because the way they can leapfrog with these people in the marketplace is high. I understand the anxiety in that area. But for most part, I think differentiating the product in the marketplace is becoming tougher and tougher because this whole collaboration and how systems are put together is is changing, right? So I don't think we should have a specific strategy not to lose to the to the competition. We should have a strategy not to lose people, create long-term ambition for them, all of that. But there are certain areas where this is a big issue today. And and I don't think anybody has 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 a good answer there. Thank you, Vaidya. I'm just continuing with the theme of losing people. And when we lose people, you know, sometimes we accuse people of, uh, especially we did that during, you know, 21, 22, during the peak of hiring, where we said all the Gen Z are leaving purely because of money. You know, mm. And uh, as we kept blaming them, uh, where they were shifting jobs quickly due to attractive pay packages. As a recruiter, you know, we also observe that senior leaders are also changing jobs quickly. Global data suggests this year about 140, you know, CEOs of listed companies, you know, quit their jobs. And the number is similar to, you know, last year as well. You know, and we are just talking about the first nine months. And the sheer number of people leaving in technology, you know, especially the CXOs, is 45% higher than last year. Everything is a bad year, the headwinds and all that stuff. But, you know, the quarter three this year was the highest number of CXOs leaving. So you think leaders also need to think about their stints as short term and make adjustments related to their decisions? Or what do you think should be, you know, they're doing to sort of look at their careers in a different way because we are at the same time being judgmental about Gen Z? Yeah. You know, I think what is what is happening in the recent years and we have seen a result of that in the last couple of years, or like you got it just the, the quarter that, that that's just gone by. Uh, I think two or three things. One is that it has got to do with how the hiring is happening for CXOs and how CXOs are looking at their role. I think back in the days, it used to take a very long time to make an impact at a CXO level, right? You make a five-year plan, you execute it, and at the end of five years, you say, yes, I killed it, and, and here is the impact on the organization. I think those periods are shrinking, right, uh, which, is, which is good because we're able to make impact in shorter cycles of innovation and shorter cycles of strategy implementation and impact, right? I think that is also giving CXOs the ability to move, right, because at CXO level, uh, only thing that matters is what impact you had on the on the organization, on the company or on, on the firm. So that is one thing that has changed. Second is also, I think in the last few years, if I'm not wrong, there has been movements across segments or sectors or however you want to call them. There have been movements from very large, well-established 60, 80, 100-year-old companies to startups, right? I think this also has to do with uh, the CXOs thinking, um, you know, I want to make an impact in another sector. And this also has to do with the fact that people are comfortable hiring across sectors, whether it is, you know, healthcare guys going to fintech. 
and looking at the problem in a whole different way and bringing a whole different lens to the whole uh, strategy or you know the the mncs or the large established you know gorillas hiring people from startup to bring disruption so all of these things have resulted in a fact that the cxos are also looking at shorter stints i think it has it has a lot to do with the ability and the time it takes to make an impact and of course i think uh, there are sectors which have much better cnb frameworks right compared to the very conventional uh, companies they give stock options they can own part of the company uh, it's it's how you create wealth in a shorter period of time by taking high risk roles which i think the conventional companies are still lagging because they provide stability they value loyalty uh, they value long tenures so i think this whole thing has been shifting and this is also creating this way where the the cxos are having shorter stints and still able to make impact because if you haven't made impact nobody is talking to you right so that is also that, that that that's how i look at this and when they know before i let you go is the last one for today and uh, when i look at uh, the framework of how ceos and cxos are choosing their new jobs at expino's executive search we have a, a framework called brim you know b r i m b stands for brand r for role i for industry and m for money and we believe senior people leave for any one of this though my co-founder you know famously argues that there's a thing called p you know he says people also join companies for leaders for people right but famously we we keep the brim all the time because somewhere most of the things fit in there and nobody has come back you know at least in the last year since we've been doing search saying that hey i like this leader so much cut all the crap i don't want more money i don't care for all this i want to work for this guy rarely that happens you know so we as much as we accept what my co-founder says but we still think brim is is a way to go as far as people choose it uh, you know the next role right so while making these choices what's your sense of how most of the leaders are making their choices and you're also hiring a lot of senior people and i'm sure you hire a few here how do you think they're making those choices do you think the brim applies or there's something else that we're missing brim absolutely applies but i think what happens is if you tick all the boxes on brim and you're still undecided i think the person that you would work for or with would be the the tiebreaker right but i have also found that when we when we have hired senior leaders this year brim has certainly been a big factor brand is a big factor but i think i have had people saying yes i want to work with a certain set of leadership and hence i'm coming here because you know there are comparable brims right in the market i i provide a brim and there is someone else provides a brim but the differentiating factor is the leadership i i certainly think that that's a factor that is becoming more and more important uh but brim is certainly a good framework to see how people move i also think it's in the right order right the m comes in the end yes it does come in the end for cxos people think it doesn't but it does i think brand comes first because you really the brand is, is is big in india as you know kamal i mean brand drives a lot of decisions for us but brand also means that you can expect certain things you can expect that you know you're making a impact globally if the brand is global then you you expect certain level of professionalism in management you expect certain certain culture so i think brim framework works uh, but the people that leaders work with is also very important your co-founder is absolutely right 
thank you vaidya for your time and uh, you know this is a interesting topic and we can go a long time on this and uh, yeah i think brand role industry money and you know uh, though we say that it comes in that order we all, in, when it comes to senior leaders we've seen that many of these things are broken down and they get to the stage of money right so yeah. they're not other things they said in the interview goes for it also thank you so much for you know sharing your experiences and i thank uh, your employer daimler to put you here today with us and uh, really uh, the time that you spent and a lot of insights that you gave uh, you know i'm hoping that will uh, make uh, sense to the people who are listening to it uh, on behalf of in the business line and uh, people at work thank you again for being with us today thanks kamal happy to be here and it was it's it's a great discussion uh, and i think we have a lot to learn from each other thank you thank you vaidya